Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Well, praise the Lord and God bless you today. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, and you are tuned in to the good news with Angie Austin and friends. I'm here with my good friend, and and I don't know, I, I guess I look at him kind of like a son sometimes, too, because he's <laughs> he's younger than, I think, my oldest, and, and but not as young as my youngest. So he, he's right in the mix. I, I got him ranging from 41 down to 26. So he's right in the mix. I'm right in there. Yeah, yeah he's right in there. So <laughs> producer Dave, and, and it's good to be here with you today and, and glad that things have uh, kind of slowed down a little bit for oh you. Oh, my God. My life has been so incredibly busy yeah. but scary. But, uh, man, I'm just so fortunate. I'm so, uh, I don't know. I, there's, I don't know the word for it. Just because I feel so lucky and fortunate that the things that have happened happened, and it's funny because um, we were talking about over the holidays. We were talking about uh, you know my uh, my son. I don't know if everyone knows, but my son on uh, the first of December, which was his fourth birthday, was diagnosed with a very rare form of childhood cancer. Which normally, by the time you're four, if you haven't found this cancer mm -hmm. neuroblastoma you're screwed you don't you can't i mean this is very very rare first off it's very rare to get it second mm -hmm. is very rare to get it and not have a horrible long very difficult treatment wow. thirdly the way that it all happened and how we've just gone through this and it was removed so easily zero chemo we're not <laughs> it, we, we we don't it's like a literal miracle this whole thing and it's funny because i was talking about how yes i much rather would have never had cancer in the first place right, right. but how this whole experience has made me appreciate everything so much more it changes your mind about things it changes i mean it's your changed everything yeah it's yeah. changed how i see time it's changed everything it's it's changed how long the day the work day feels i don't know how to describe it but it's changed how Every, and, and for the better, you know, it's all, I can see a lot of people going through this situation just feeling like, woe is me. Why would this happen to me? And this is horrible. You know, Dr. Joe's always talking about mm -hmm. stinking thinking about mm -hmm. how that can affect you. And no doubt there was stressful times through the month of December yeah. 2017. Yeah. And I got really, really low at times. But I had this huge support system that I didn't even know that I had, Amen. first off. Amen. You know, I thought I was just a guy that came in. And yeah, I listened to you. And I listened to Angie and friends. And I know some people from the Crawfords and stuff like that. But I'm part of this. I'm part of this. And I feel I've never been felt part of something like this before. So Amen. I feel so fortunate to have all that. Wow. And, you know, just listening to you, you know, giving your, because what you're doing is giving a testimony about this, this experience that you have with your, your son, Jason. And, you know, what would you tell a couple like you, like you and Karina and with two little boys and all of a sudden, bam, this thing, this diagnosis comes, what would you tell a couple now that you've been through it? 
I mean, here's the thing. Uh, um, there's there's a certain level of almost survivor's guilt here. Okay. Because while I was in Children's Hospital, which, um, a little plug for Children's Hospital Colorado, one of the greatest places you could possibly be if something like this is going to happen. Mm. Mm. And um, I connected with a couple of people. You know, uh, we're in the in the little rooms where you refill your water and stuff like that, uh, you're where the refrigerator was. And I connected with a couple guys. It's like they were going through a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when we were leaving, I almost felt bad. I thought that was the weirdest feeling, this weird conflicting feeling. Like, I am so lucky that we get to leave and we're going to remove this thing, yeah, yeah. you know, surgically. I mean, the surgery wasn't easy. It took a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He's feeling fine mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. back to his normal old self, and the scar is going to be minimal. By the time he's 10, mm-hmm. he probably won't be able to see it. Um, but I remember seeing that guy, and he got the opposite diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, they're going to be in the hospital for months before wow. they start years of chemotherapy. And I think I would th- that guy might have something to say about it, because I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm still reeling. I'm still spinning from the entire thing. Um, other than... Believe that God can help you. Lean on the people that you need to lean on when it's time to lean on them. That's what the support system is there for. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a problem. My wife has the same problem. Where it's like, I don't like asking for help. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. be able to take care of it myself. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do this all by myself without, right. you know, sharing my problems with everybody. Mm-hmm. But you need those people. That's what, that's what you know, they would say it, it, it takes a village, you know, and, uh, and it, it really does. And yes, you need those people around you to help you, to remind you even, even if it's just remind you that I love you. Amen. That's it. Amen. And you made it through. And I, I'm, Jennifer I'm Bishop's so... really good at that, reminding yes, me she that is. she loves me. Yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. But, you know, you and your family made it through. And um, to those families out there who may be going through something, um, similar to producer David and, and his family concerning their youngest son and, and the, the diagnosis that could have been more devastating than it was. You know, we pray for you. We, we lift you up because we know how hard it is. We may not know personally, but we may know someone because when it hit David, you know, we, the, the good news gals, it hit us. Because immediately the text messages started going immediately. We started setting up prayer calls immediately. You know, we started surrounding this family because that was one of the things that was going to help you to make it through. Right. I mean, it it was absolutely something that helped help us all make it through. And, you know, that would be my advice is count on the people who love you, even if they're strangers. Amen. Um. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst, Mm -hmm. and just be ready. I mean, there's no way you can be ready for something like this. But with all of these people, I mean, and not just the good news gals. Mm -hmm. I had thousands of people I don't know. Amen. Sending me, you know, Facebook posts, sending me text messages. I don't know all these people. I I don't know how to find them to thank them. Other than through this radio show, Amen. I want to thank you all from the deepest part of my heart. And uh, you know, I I love you all and thank you all so much for every prayer and every thought. And I, I mean, like I said, I'm speeches that my gratitude bankrupts the English language <laughs> because I don't know how, if there is a word. You have to make up words yeah. Yeah. to to find one that's powerful enough. Amen. Amen. Good. And and you know, um, to our Good news uh, with Angie Austin and Friends listeners. That's who we are. That's what we do. That's how we support you. That's how we support you in prayer and, and standing with you and, and, and listening to you. And as you listen to us, 
prayerfully, we're giving out something that will encourage you, that will help you make it to the next place so that you can be victorious in what God has for you. And that's that's what the good news is all about. And you think about the Bible, the Bible is the good news and the good news is able to help us to get to that next place that God wants us to be. So thank you for tuning in today to the good news with Angie Austin and friends. We're just we're here for you. We're here to love on you, to encourage you, to motivate you, to inspire you, to help you to get to that next place that God wants you to be so that you will not give up hope. David did not give up hope. I think that at the rate of speed that we were able to increase his hope and the people surrounding him were enabled, were able to increase his hope. I'm sure it surprised him, but that's what we do. That's what the word is about. That's what praying is about. And so that's what we do. And, and, and we just want y'all to be blessed. And um, when you tune in to the good news with Angie Austin and friends, whether she's here or, you know, somebody is sitting in for her, we want you to be encouraged because we love y'all. And we want y'all to know that, you know, this is no joke. We we do this sincerely and we're having a good time while we're doing it. So um, we got a, a good news story. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to this because it, it, David says an officer saving a man from jumping off a bridge. But but <laughs> there's a, a little catch in there, too. Come jump, come talk to me. Can you get off the ledge for me? Washington State Trooper Yaroslav Holokov says he just oh, happened to be in the right place at the right time. And for some reason, I glanced back uh, as I started to across, uh, drive across the Snohomish County River. And when I looked back, I saw an individual standing on a guardrail looking over the river. And the only thing that kind of caught me was his white shoes. Trooper Holikov says he turned his patrol car around and he was grateful to see the man was still standing there. So he turned his lights on and slowly began to approach and start up a conversation. He said he had a bad day, you know, I mean, everybody has bad days, but and then um, out of nowhere, he just leaped. So and as soon as he leaped, I just reached out and grabbed the shirt. So that's that's the, the closest thing to me. And that's the only thing that I grabbed. So as soon as I grabbed him, I think there was just enough of a pullback to where he just fell on the rail. What's going on with you? Uh, don't do it, man. No, don't do it. 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 Stop. Stop. Don't do it. It's really not worth it, buddy. Really, it, it does not worth it. Trooper Holikov managed to pull the man back to safety onto the bridge. Holikov says while he is trained to talk to suicidal individuals and those suffering mental health issues, nothing can really prepare you for a moment like this. There was no thoughts going through my mind, no nothing. I think it was just pure reaction. It's just, I mean, he did it and I reacted to it just to grab him, just to prevent a life and, you know, to save a life. And it's, that's our job. While many are referring to him as a hero after seeing these brave moments, Holikov says it's just part of the job. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stop. Stop. Don't do it. It's really not worth it, buddy. Is it nice? What if he hadn't stopped because he saw those pairs, of, that, that little pair I of mean, white that shoes? I mean, that guy would have gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, he went anyway, and that's the – I mean, you can't really – obviously, you can't see it, but mm -hmm. in the video, that's dash cam from the police car, and he jumps, and the officer jumps over the railing, wow. grabs the guy by the shirt, and they almost both go over, but then they land on this outside railing. 
wow. and he pulls him back and he holds him and then he just starts hugging him. The the guy who's going to jump just Amen. turns around and hugs the officer. And I mean, I don't know what's happening in that man's life. I'm glad that officer wow. was there to help. But that, the, another example of how sometimes a stranger can be sent. That's right. Uh, somebody you don't know. That's right. Could be sent to help you, whatever, deal with whatever it is that you need to. You don't know the words that need to be said that will probably bring somebody from the very brink of destroying themselves. You don't know what those words are. You don't know what that smile is going to do. You just don't know. You really don't. Uh, one day I was in, uh, it was in a Safeway out on Buckley Road, and uh, this young woman was in front of me. She had a gallon of milk, a couple of cans of chicken noodle soup, and I think a loaf of bread. And so the cashier rang it up, and the little girl put, uh, she wasn't a little girl, she was a young woman in her 20s. She swiped her card, and it declined. And she said, well, let me swipe it again. I know the money's there. She swiped it again, and it declined. And she said to the clerk, she said, look, just put the food back. I, and you could tell that she just, she was at her last. She really was. And I looked at the clerk. I said, go ahead and just ring up my stuff and I'll pay for both of them. And the little girl looked at me and she said, you do that for me? I said, baby, get your stuff and go on to the house. Go on to the I, I said, I know what that feeling is right there. I said, so just get your stuff and go on. She said, ma'am, thank you so much. And she smiled. Whereas before she looked like she was, uh, a friend of mine used the word mully grub. She looked like she was down in the mully grubs. But she smiled and she said, thank you so much. We don't know what our words will do. And, you know, when this cop was, cop was saying, don't do it, don't do it, come, don't do it, don't do it. You know, he was essentially telling that, that man that was jumping, there's more to your life than what you see. Yeah, and it's easy to get caught in those doldrums and to get – it's easy to get down that stinking thinking and then yes. not be able to get out. Um, you know, just to – like like uh, yesterday, Dr. Joe was talking about how it, when you start positively talking to yourself, how it feels weird at first. Yes, yes. That's such a weird phenomenon to me. And uh, a couple of weeks back, we were talking about Chip and Joanna Gaines, and jo Chip was always talking about, oh, well, I'm the greatest, I'm the hottest, I'm mm -hmm. the sexiest, I'm, I'm the best at this. And I'm, it's so funny, we all kind of laughed at that because none of us think like that. Yep. When we really mostly should all be thinking like that. Yes, we should. And you, just recently, um, the other, Saturday morning, God had me to read the book of Esther. And I, I had read the book of Esther before in, in the Bible and just never really put a lot of thought to it. But we were coming into the new year and he said, read the book of Esther. And I, yes, God talks to me. He talks to me all the time. If he talks to you too, if you will listen, I'm just saying. But I read it. And that night when I went to bed, David, I started hearing these voices saying to me, I am an excellent writer. I am a number one best-selling writer. I am all these good things about myself. I had never done that before. And when I got up the next morning, on Sunday morning, I felt empowered. Nice. Like, like, okay, I got to, you know, I'm looking at my list of books that I need to work on. And I'm saying, oh, yeah, that's, that's easy right there. That's easy. That's easy. I had never spoken to myself in that tone. And I didn't say it out loud. I was thinking it in my mind. I am an excellent writer. I am a, 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 a motivating writer. I am all these different things. And what would happen if we would just start saying those things to ourselves right and, and then other people saying them too helps um and other people a lot of times especially when you're not saying those things to yourself 
other people saying them to you, you're like, nah, nah, nah. Exactly. Nah, nah. Exactly. And that's where that stinking thinking comes in. Right. Okay. Because, and I, I've told the story before that when I was a child, I was always told I was too black to be pretty. I was too right. black to succeed and all this stuff. Well, it, it came into my adult life to just six months ago, maybe eight months ago, I looked in the mirror at myself and I said, you know, I am kind of pretty. Because my husband would tell me things like, you're the most gorgeous woman in my life. You know, the most gorgeous woman I know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I don't do that. <laughs> now, please tell me that Karina has never told you anything like that. No, okay. no, no. She's Good. gorgeous, though. She's, yes, she, uh, yes, she is. It's unbelievable. I'm so lucky. Yes, she is. She's a <laughs> so beautiful, like beautiful young woman. <laughs> you know, but some of us have that, that stigma where we go back and, and believe all those words that have been said before in the past. It's and weird. We you can it. hear a thousand positive words. You hear one negative word and you hold on to that one. That Come one on. negative word. I, I don't understand why our brains work like that. That's right. But we need a break. We need to break that cycle. Yes, we do. And I, I believe 2018 is the time to break that cycle because this is a time of new beginnings. You know, the old season, seven is a, a number in the Bible of completion, of fulfillment, whereas eight is a number of new beginnings. And so it's time for us to go forward in the new beginning so that we can get everything that God has said for us. And I don't know, it may be speaking to somebody that's listening today that you need to move forward. Let that stuff go. Let what everybody said about you, let it go. Just leave it back there. And, and unfortunately, you may have to cut some folk off. I'm just saying, okay, I've had to do it. And I don't, I, I've gotten to the point now where I don't mind cutting people out of my life. OK, because sometimes God will have me to go back and get that person and bring them, bring them with me. But then sometimes he doesn't. But it's in this instance, you have to move yourself forward. And if that means you've got to leave some folks behind you, then, baby, just go ahead and do that. Because God's going to take care of you. He's got people that he wants to put in your life right now that will hold your arms up. They will encourage you. They will motivate you. They will inspire you. They will push you to do the things that you were created to do. Whereas those other folks, I, I was looking at this movie on the Hallmark Channel. I forget the name of it, but uh, Mistletoe Inn, Mistletoe Inn. And it was about this young lady. Her boyfriend broke up with her because she wasn't a writer like he was. And, and she, he felt he needed to be around more writer people. And he would down her. He would say, well, you're not serious about writing and you're not going to make it. Besides, you're not that good anyway. And when they broke up, I was like, yay, happy, hallelujah, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Because he was just down on her. Then they went to a conference together and he was continually just bringing her down, saying you're not going to make it because you're not a good writer. Those are the type of people that you need to release from your life that will continually tell you that you can't do stuff. When you know God has told you that you can do stuff, let those can't people go. Because you're more than that. You're more. God created you for so much more than that. And I didn't know I was going to say all that, but it just came <laughs> up. And so there you have it. Hey, it's 2018, y'all. It's time to move forward in the new direction that God has for us. So I, I just want you to know that we're pushing for you. We are, you know, excited about what God is doing in your life. We want to push you forward like never before. Hey, w that's why you listen to the good news with Angie Austin and friends, because there's always good news here. You just heard one today about the cop saving the guy from jumping off a bridge. And even though the guy jumped, the cop reached out. God gave him the strength to reach out and grab him by his shirt 
and pull him back. And then the man just hugged him. Because, and you know something, David, I have a feeling that the young man that was jumping hugged the cop because he really did not want to kill himself. Nobody wants to kill themselves, right? I don't think they do. I, I really should, don't. You shouldn't want to. You we want, want you to. here. We want you here. That's right. So thank you for joining us today on The Good News with Angie Austin and Friends. I'm Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life. Hey, if you need to get in touch with me, Beatrice at DrillSergeantOfLife.com. I look forward to talking to you. God bless you. Again, Happy New Year to you, and we'll see you soon. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love ARC. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Hello, 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 friend. Angie Austin here on The Good News. The good news is that we have Rick Thielen, the CEO of Life Choices, back with us again, friend of the show. Hello, Rick. Good morning, Angie. How are you doing today? I am doing well, thank you. So we've got lots to talk about. You've got a comedy show coming up. There are always ways for people to volunteer, get involved. Um, I want to make sure we mention your school program because a lot of public school parents don't realize they can contact Life Choices and really get a great program for free into their school. They can educate kids on their choices in life that can keep them on the right track rather than get them into trouble. But also make these kids realize they don't have to give into peer pressure. I love that program you guys have. And then, of course, you've got the program where you offer free ultrasounds to women. Kind of give us a lowdown of what you do because you come on a lot and we talk about specific topics. But I don't know if people truly have an overview of all of the services you offer but with and with love. That's what I like. It's with love. It's we not do. judgment. It's very Christian loving, not Christian judgy. Yes. Well, and we're unapologetically uh, faith-based and Christian organization, uh, pro-life that I might add on, on to that. But yes, as you mentioned, we're in the schools, middle schools and high school, public schools. And uh, we're one of the few organizations in, in the country 
that are gaining and being invited into more public schools all the time. Because and some of that is the from difference the, you're making. From that's the, true. And some of the listeners are actually, we're getting calls and said, will you come here? Will you come to that. our Christian school, in which we do? Will you come to our youth group, which we also do that? And public schools, how do you get in? Because you are a Christian organization. Is it just because it's about teaching the kids about choices and that you don't talk about faith per se? Well, first of all, we're... Uh, Public schools were not allowed to mention Jesus or talk, talk about faith. But in Colorado, it is required that there's abstinence training in the schools. And uh, we don't use the word abstinence because the kids never don't know what that means. Right. So we talk about risk avoidance, setting boundaries, how to say no, refusal skills, those kind of things. So how do we get into schools, Angie? I like that, refusal it's, skills, by the way. Yes. What a great way to put it. It is exactly what works. Like, well, you have a right to say no, kids. Okay, go ahead. And so when we're invited into public schools, you know, we, we sit here and say, okay, here's what the city, our state of Colorado requires. Here's how we meet this. Here's another thing that the state of Colorado requires. This is how we meet this. And it goes all the way down. So administration, uh, curriculum administrators of, of school, school districts in Colorado, they look at that and go, hey, you're, you meet right up with this. Yeah. And by the way, as you mentioned, we don't charge for that. Planned Parenthood also goes into the schools, but they charge for their services. Not only do they get, you know, tons of government money, tons and tons of the government. They also charge for everything they Going do in the, the schools. schools. Interesting. And we do it at no choice, you know, at charge at all. Secondly, uh, we we also do after abortion care for those that have chosen to do abortion or haven't in their past. Sometimes it could be just as as, as uh, close as a couple months away. Sometimes it could be decades. Decades. Away. Women and, who are suffering. Both yeah. men and women. Men and on women that. suffering and because so we, of a loss of a terminal or because of a termination for a pregnancy, and they may have lived with this. As, as I've mentioned, I have two friends who've gone through it who lived with it for decades. Absolutely. And uh, went through it, and now one of them, well, actually both of them at one point or another, have offered forgiven and set free that you offer. That's exactly right, and it's really amazing to watch the change in both either the women or the men's lives and in the relationships. It just It is. I think that's a great word. It is, it is trans, transformational. Because it's not something you can chit-chat over tea with. You don't say, oh, you know, I want to talk about the board I had in 1967 or whatever, you know? Correct. So people aren't sitting down to chat about that. And that's why I told you I was so surprised when my girlfriend mentioned it to me and said she had a Bible study at her house. And then when she handed me the flyer, I said, it, you know, that it wasn't for me, but that I, I knew people that might benefit from that. Absolutely. And I was so proud of her for being so open about it mm -hmm. all these years later. I think she's in her 50s, and it happened when she was 17. Yes, that's and, not unusual. And it plagued mm -hmm. her for so many years. She felt so indebted to the Forgiven and Set Free Bible study that she wanted to offer to other women because it was transformational for her and her husband, who she ended up marrying and having four more children well, with. Which is great. That doesn't always happen that way. And But I, but everything I hear a lot of times, this is a very common thing, it's changed my whole relationship with my husband. It's changed my relationship with my kids. They don't even know that they were even wrestling with this. Right. And I've even had a few say, it's really changed my relationship with my pastor, wow. which I think is amazing because I've had pastors come here and say, this, this is an amazing Bible study you guys offer. And I thank you so much for doing that. So the education, the after abortion care, that's the second one. The third one, Angie, is, is the advocacy for life. And so when someone comes in with an unplanned pregnancy, literally it's just like they got scooped up by a tornado and they think their whole life is spinning completely out of control all their plans for their career, all their plans for what they were going to do for school, whatever it may be, they think it's all going out the window. And we usually sit down with them and we calm down and say, let's take a step backwards. And we always hear, especially from younger ones, my parents are going to kill me. 
and the, not really. And so we walk through, and we do get the parents involved because we, it's important. And they find out that their parents would be very supportive of them in almost all cases. And so uh, we sit there and say, what are your options? And I say this all the time. Once a, a woman becomes pregnant, your, her life changes completely. And it all depends how what the changes look like depends on the choices she makes. Right. So she can choose to parent the baby herself. She can choose to have someone else parent the baby through an adoption. Or she can choose to do an abortion. But either way, any three of those have consequences and make changes in their life. And, and when they Didn't do that... you tell me once that you'd never met anyone that... Uh, regretted keeping the baby, but you'd m- met many people who had regretted terminating the pregnancy. You're, exact, you're exactly right. I, I, to this day, I've never uh, met a woman or man uh, who has regretted to keep the baby, whether they chose the parent themselves or, or to do an, op- an adoption. And in Colorado, there's an open adoption available. And I know a number of women and men that have had uh, and, and have had a, either been part of an adoption, uh, an open adoption, or have set their own babies up for ba- uh, for adoption. You know, our, our, my wife and I ourselves, our daughter, who is now 37 years old, uh, was adopted. And uh, because <clears throat> our oldest son, uh, who is now 43, if I keep this right, 44, uh, he was born two months premature wow. and wasn't supposed to live. Yeah. And so now he's married to grandkids. And then in between our son and then when we adopted our daughter, we lost four babies uh, just because of medical complications. And so I know what that's like, whether you're a man or whether a woman, to, to have that loss. And yeah. to choose to have that loss through an abortion makes it even tougher. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I know what women, I know what men are going through out there. And that's, that's why... I think it's so important that we can come to a Bible study and understand you're forgiven and set free. Because even if you have a miscarriage, you still blame yourself. Yeah. Maybe I didn't take good enough care, or maybe right. God's punishing me I for something. I lifted something too heavy. I shouldn't have. Yeah. I was taking this supplement. I was running still. I was lifting uh-huh. weights. I was. Or I, I lived out my in the heat. life wrong, or something. Right. Right. And, and it's none of that. God continues to love us, and and, and He forgives us for that. He, he's not. He's not one of those gods that's going to punish us right. uh, for doing those things. Well, let me just, um, I want to get circle back around to the adoption because it's changed so much over the years. But just kind of want to you know, remind you that if you want to you know, bring the educational program into a school, whether it's Christian or public, uh, private school, charter school, um, to get in touch with Life Choices. Because I've seen the exit interviews and kids, it's <laughs> life-changing for these kids. They're so empowered by uh, the message that they receive. And it's not just one day, it's several days. And then if you're hurting and you did terminate a pregnancy or you know someone who did, uh, definitely look into the Forgiven and Set Free Bible Study, again, free through Life Choices. And then um, also, if you know someone that is, you know, considering terminating a pregnancy, might want someone to talk to, or, you know, is curious about the adoption option, whatever it may be, uh, I just think that they're a really great, loving place to go, because I've also read the exit interviews from people who've gone in for the free ultrasounds about how they did not feel judged, how they felt very cared about and very warm and uh, comfortable with you all. So I want to circle back around um Rick, to the adoption, sure. because I think that people think of it old school, like, um, you know, sealed case file, never have a chance of finding a child again, never knowing what happens to a child. It's It can be totally different now. It can be can open. Be. You can get photos. You can have contacts still. There are many different um, levels of an open adoption. It is, that is correct. 
And so it, it's pretty much whatever you would like to do. You can be as open as you want if you want it closed, you know, how the couples want to do that. Now, in our case, this, of course, had been a number of years ago, and this was in Illinois, it was a closed adoption. Now, we had information. We had a letter from the mother to our daughter, who's now Natalie, and uh, she got to read that. And the mother even sent a little going home uh, baby outfit. Uh, for wow. that. So the girl was six. That's beautiful. It, Way back then that they allowed, I love the idea that yes. she sent a letter uh-huh. to let your daughter know that she was doing this obviously for her own good. A- absolutely. And the girl was 16 at the time and, you know, and she got pregnant by the boy next door. Uh, he had denied that he was a father, had done anything. But it was interesting. Uh, we, we fast forward a number of years. Natalie's now in sixth grade. And this young man is now getting married, not particularly to this girl, but to somebody else. And uh, he he actually has been married, and his wife is now pregnant and got him to think. And so he sent a letter to us through the adoption agency saying, if you would like, I will give you our family's medical history. Wow. And so in case uh, for her daughter. He came around and admitted paternity. And, uh, And then we had the choice of whether we wanted... Uh, to open that up. Well, we didn't. We chose at that time not to because there was a number of things going on where we were living. That was at that point in North Carolina. And there's some weird things that had been happening in the area where people were taking kids and getting, and we decided just for Natalie's safety at that time, we weren't going to do that. But uh, we've never, ever uh, been secretive about this with Natalie uh, from when she, the, from the beginning when she could understand it. She always knew that she was adopted. adopted. Did and she he, ever find her birth parents? Uh, she hasn't had, she knows where they are, but she hasn't really had a desire to do that. She goes, you know, you're my parents. And, uh, but it was interesting. We got called in by one of her elementary school teachers. Uh, she was in first or second grade. And the teacher was really concerned, and we went in and go, what? You know, Natalie, now our son, would always get in trouble in school, right. not our daughter. Yeah. And so when we went in there, we sat down, and the teacher was very serious, and she goes, I th- is, is Natalie having some issues at home or something going on? And I said, no, what? help us understand why you're asking the question. Well, she seems to be making up really outlandish stories here in school. And I said, well, what kind of stories? And they said, well, we were talking about uh, different things. And this other day we were talking about adoption. And she raised her hand. And she, a matter of factly, she said, I'm adopted. And I said, well, she is. And, and the teacher goes, seriously? She goes, I have never met anybody that young that goes, hey, yeah, I'm adopted. She was so at ease with it. Yeah. And, she says, and, all, and she says, and all of her friends... I thought there was someone because she had all of her friends believing that same story. But I said, no, it's not a story. It's a fact. And uh, so it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, and then the teacher understood. She goes, that is absolutely amazing. I said, well, we raised her from that, Benny. It was never a secret. There was right. nothing nasty about it. It was just great. And uh, as she got older, we would do a dad and daughter night out generally yeah, once yeah. a week. And like you go shopping. Back oh. when I had hair, Angie, I had red ah. hair. Oh, really? And my daughter's hair was red. And so every time we go out, and redheaded girls seem to attract attention of other yeah. people, and the ladies walk up and they go, "Aren't you the cutest girl? Oh, you've got beautiful hair, just like your dad." She must and have she loved just that. smiled and she goes, "Thank you very much," and was very gracious. Well, you now I know you're real. I mean, now I know even more about your story and why you're so involved with. Um, the pro-life movement and offering life as an option. Well, I, you know, I, to me, we, I wish we could do more adoptions. We, we keep pushing them. Uh, but even a woman would rather have an abortion than an adoption because really? she makes the statement, she goes, well, then I'm just giving my baby away. 
And, and so the, the, this is just the thought process when you're in the middle of this tornado that I'm talking about. Right, right. To them, it made more logical sense to abort or kill your baby than to have the baby and then give it away to somebody. Mm-mm-mm. And and yet we know that there's, uh, you know, there's like 13 or 18 couples to every baby that's available out here right now. Oh, wow. And I know we waited a long time. And, and I know my, my wife really struggled with the t- fact that she wasn't able to have babies. And yet these other women were going through having abortions or mistreating their babies. babies. And they yeah. wanted to be. And that's the same with all the couples that are out there that are trying to adopt. They want to give them homes. They want those babies. They said, hey. We'll, we'll give them a great home, and, and if you want to stay in your life, that's fine. And that, yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift. It, it is. It's very, boy. very neat. I've, I've known, I know a couple child. people that's gone through open adoptions, and they get to keep up with their kids yeah. as they're growing. Oh, that's pretty neat. And it's neat. such a great, great thing to see that. Yeah, and I've, I've read about some really wonderful instances of still some involvement where the birth parent can come to birthday parties and sure. maybe even has some uh, peripheral role in the child's life, knowing that that's my birth mother who gave me the gift of letting these wonderful parents raise me. I have, I have a nephew that was adopted by my sister and her husband, and he was able to find his birth parents. And they are included in, in his birthday things and wow. his graduation That's and doing some cool things. That works. It, it does, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't want to mislead anybody say it works every single time, but it works a lot. And it all depends on the adults that are involved yes. in, in those kind of things. And I think it's how you raise everybody and how that works. All right. I want to talk a little bit about this, um, an abortion counter. What is this? (laughs) Well, you can actually go uh, online and it's actually just called usabortionclock.org. And uh, for instance, for the time that we've been sitting here talking uh, in the 10, 15 minutes, uh, that counter would have been somewhere around 200 abortions that have happened worldwide. Now, here's here's a couple interesting numbers in here. And and, um, right now, since 1970, Planned Parenthood has done over 7 million abortions. Now, if you just look at just this year, now we're talking just, what, not quite three months, uh, they have done a little over 69,000 abortions just at Planned Parenthood. And last week, uh, President Obama called the CEO of um, Planned Parenthood a real-life superhero. And I thought, well, I don't know that I've ever heard of a superhero with those kinds of powers. And I was near Planned Parenthood a little while back in Boulder, Mm -hmm. and I said to the guy, oh, Planned Parenthood's right above the cheese shop. And then he says, oh, they don't. They don't do abortions in there, and I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, that's an interesting comment you make, Angie. There is, I've read a, a couple of surveys. Uh, 63% of the people, this was just a couple months ago, do not believe that Planned Parenthood does abortions when it's their major par- source of income. Right. And if you've, even if you look at evangelicals in, in, within the churches and stuff like that, that percentage still stands around 49% that don't believe that a pl- Planned Parenthood does abortions. It, it's just, well, I can understand that because I really, even before I got into this uh, with li- Life Choices, uh, I knew abor- people were doing abortions, but never really was much out there. Yeah. But when you start seeing numbers like 69,000 in, in, in less than three months, when you figure the average abortion is about $450, that's over $3 million in just three months. If you take that out, over a whole over a whole year, that's over eighteen million dollars, almost eighteen point eight million dollars that they take in. They take in, and that's just 
uh, a, a surgical abortion. Yeah, so it's not a, include chemical. They're a business. I mean, this is a business. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the event coming up because sure. you're always looking for volunteers. You're always looking for donations. You've got a mobile medical clinic that you can bring to locations, you know, like um, where young people would gather or possibly want. Where are some of the locations you go to? Well, we go through anywhere from Westminster all the way up to Estes Park to Fort Collins, Loveland, Brighton, Fort Lauderdale. And where Lofton. might you park outside of what? We'll park around different places. Uh, as we get into warmer weather, we'll actually be in shopping centers, main ex- wow. so main intersections of in people. And say, see I us. think I might be pregnant and and, yep. and get an ultrasound. Or they can call or any of our centers and, and, and connect and with, with us that, that way. Okay. And then tell us about the comedy event. Hey, this comedy event's coming up April 17th. It's going to be it's called a family a comedy night. And it's going to be at the Crossing Church in Westminster on 104th Avenue. And uh, the comedian is Mike Williams. And I'll tell you what, he's a Christian comedian. It's great for the family. It starts early enough, and it's going to get over early enough. So if you have younger kids, they can get in school, get in bed for school. Wonderful. And it's $10, 25 max. And you go to yep. lifematters.org. And then also you've got a sport clay and trap shoe competition coming up. Yep. That's May 21st. And that is $75 per ticket. And uh, that is at Colorado Clays. That's in Brighton. Again, get tickets at lifematters.org. And please, just go to the website and check out what they do. And if you would like to have them come to your school and, uh, you know, offer information, the classes to your child's uh, school, they'd love to do it. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Take care. Hi, it's Angie. My favorite vacation spot in the world has a deal for you. It's YMCA of the Rockies. It's their 110th anniversary at the YMCA of the Rockies, and they're offering lodge rooms for $84 per night. My whole family stays in one lodge room. That deal is through the end of December and includes two free breakfasts every morning. And here's some of the things that are included. Some of these cost a little bit more, but most of them are free, like the roller skating, swimming. There's a Nordic center. It's a little extra for rock climbing. You can learn how to do archery, horseback riding at Snow Mountain Ranch. The s'mores and the campfires are so much fun. Oh, sometimes there's singing and sometimes there's movies and we see this guy called the Mountain Man. My family loves this spot. We go at least twice a year and we will be enjoying this offer ourselves as well. Again, it's the 110th anniversary. YMCA winter deals, 84 bucks for a lodge room. A family of five can sleep in one of these lodge rooms and again, two free breakfasts per day. Check it out, ymcatherockies.org. All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. So well, I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization. And I find so much positivity and encouragement. And I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about art. Hello, it is Angie. So does tech get in the way of your world, your home, your family? 
Uh, we're going to talk about the tech habits changing the American home. Uh, Arlene Pelican, author and speaker, specifically wrote about this in her book, Growing Up Social, uh, Raising uh, Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World, that she wrote with uh, her co-author, Gary Chapman, uh, who also wrote The Five Love Languages. Welcome, Arlene. Good to be here, Angie. All right. So tech habits changing the American home. Let's talk about what we can do to make sure we have a well-balanced home life when we, you know, raise kids who are relational. Yeah, it's very important. You know, they did this recent study and they found that 78% of parents, almost 8 out of 10, said it's harder to raise a child today than it was a generation ago. And a huge part of that is technology because the technology was not here. So there are two habits in particular that can be a bit troublesome. And one of them is the existence of the smartphone in the bedroom. Because what is happening is so many adults and children are sleeping with their smartphones smartphones and the statistics are a full seven in 10 parents say they sleep with their phone next to them. And uh, alarmingly, parents say that the kids are even more likely to take their phones into their rooms with them. So uh, more than eight in 10 parents of teens say their kids take their phone to bed. And more than seven in 10 parents of preteens, your tweens, say the same thing. And so you know what that means is that if people are texting during the night, people are waking up. If your phone is right next to you, it's probably the first thing you're going to look at when you wake up. And really the first thing you do when you wake up isn't you don't want to be like, oh, let me see how many emails I have so that I can start stressing right now. You know, so you don't want that. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that for your children either. So the no. first habit to, to deal with is, you know what, let's get those phones out of the bedrooms. Let's charge them in a different room. And unless you are an emergency worker that has to be on call, you're most likely your teen uh, and your tween is not an emergency worker who <laughs> needs to be on call. So the first thing is to get those phones out of the rooms. And then the second habit is video games. Is just, you know, there's the television watching, but technology uh, obviously is used in huge amount of times for video games. And it used to be that a child had to have a, like a big chunk of time to go to a console, to go to a different room, set it all up and play a video game. But now since they're in our pockets, you know, any, you know, two, three minutes you have spare, any five minutes you, you can just pull it out and start playing. And then of course, so many of the video games are um, designed so that you want to play the next level, that you need to stay on, that you've got to, you know, get that challenge. And so you see video games really dominating a lot of times, uh, four and 10 parents parents say their kids play video games regularly after school. And uh, in one way, that doesn't seem like that many. But if you're a parent, you know, there's a lot going on already after school. And then you think, oh, my child is spending, you know, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is playing video games. So really have that uh, uh, be mindful of how addictive in nature the the types of games your children are playing, because that's an important question to ask. And I think that by setting an example now um, with our phones and with our work computers, our uh, our tablets, uh, that the kids are going to model our behavior and right now they really want my attention and I know that I better show them now that I can tear myself away from that and pay attention to them or they won't do it for me in the next couple of years when they get their phones and other things which they don't have now and many of their friends already have and uh, for instance also uh, texting and things like that if you tell them not to do that in the car and you do it um, even if you're at a stoplight they're probably going to model your behavior as well last night my son wanted my husband to uh, listen to his 
his World War II um, presentation with his little yeah. Willie's Jeep and the big board and the questions about the date that it started and all these other things. And he was um, he was paying bills in his defense. But then when he was done, he was super tired. He worked a 14-hour day yesterday. Yeah. And then my son said, yeah, dad wouldn't. Uh, you know, stop on his computer and watch my presentation. And I said, well, he's paying bills, but he's done now. Now you can do it, right? Right? Can't you, honey? And even though it was late and he was tired, yeah. he went to my son's room and let him go through the whole presentation. Oh. And it's hard when you're really tired, you know, let's be honest, but it means a lot to them. It's very exciting for them to get their parents' approval, particularly their father's approval in yes. this instance. Love it. All right. So uh, this is, again, uh, being aware of the tech habits that are changing the American home and to make sure that your home is still based on love and family and what's important. Yeah. All right, Arlene, where do we find you? The book is Growing Up Social, and the website is ArlenePelican.com. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.